scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47, page 886, if you would like to follow along. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles, apostles, teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common, and they would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. O God of renewal and resurrection, fill us up with your spirit this day that we might hear your word in a new way. We might seek wisdom from you in a new way that we might have our mind changed or our soul challenged or our hearts comforted. Be with us, God. Amen. And again from that text that Dominic just shared. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread and ate with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. And from our Lenten book, Drinking Alone, a Love Story by Caroline Knapp, quote, These days I go to four or five Alcoholics Anonymous meetings a week, and they help keep me grounded and stable and sure of myself. The meetings make me remember. I hear people tell their stories, and the details stick with me for hours. They help me feel grateful that I've found a new way to live. We all have an origin story, an origin story, right? A story of how we came to be who we are in this world. Maybe just one short tale that somehow defines us and sums us up and captures the essence of our humanity, who we are as children of God. If asked for my origin story... I might share the tale which I've told you before of the day of my birth, Election Day in Massachusetts, November 8th, 1960, when the very first Irish Catholic person was elected president, our state's favorite son, John F. Kennedy, which was therefore to absolutely be my name, was given to me in a non-negotiable fashion by our family's fierce Irish matriarch, my grandmother, Kathleen Fitzgerald. But I truly believe my life of joy and service and ministry, it was largely determined in a way by my name. My name. Origins. So think of it. What might you share as your origin story? What's a singular event or life memory 
that you might use to tell another of your story that describes how you came to be. Think about that. So friends, for the past month, we've been using the book Drinking a Love Story to talk about addiction and the hope for recovery and renewal. How this process of getting one's life back again after being in the grip of a self-destructive behavior or substance, it has much to teach us as Christians and in our lives and faith. We've talked a lot about Knapp's descent into addiction, so today let's hear about her recovery, her healing, her spiritual, emotional, and physical turnaround. And here's the thing that I love about that. It all begins with just a group of people, a group of addicts just like her, or in the words of some in the 12-step movement, a bunch of bozos on the bus, seeking and trying to find soberness and to be clean. Knapp's life was saved not by a miracle drug, not by a high-priced therapist, not certainly by her own willpower alone. No, Knapp was in recovery. She was renewed from her bondage through the oldest and most successful self-help movement in the history of the world, a deeply spiritual and higher power-centered way of life. Knapp found her recovery in the basement of a church, of a church, as do millions of other addicts and all through the 12 steps. Steps that first came about and found their origin in a chance meeting of two people. And so I wanted to tell you that origin story today. It comes from Hazelton Foundations, which does a lot of work around addictions, their Betty Ford Foundation webpage. Quote, On May 11, 1935, Bill Wilson encountered a threat to his newfound sobriety. During a business trip to Ohio, he found himself standing in the lobby of a hotel and craving a drink. With growing anxiety, he contemplated his options. So Bill narrowed his choices to two. He could order a cocktail in the hotel bar, or he could call another recovering alcoholic and ask for their help in staying sober. Bill knew that this choice came with high stakes. As an alcoholic who had nearly drunk himself to death, he'd endured four separate hospital stays for detox. And during his last visit, he'd hit rock bottom and cried out for divine mercy, saying, if there be a God, let God show God's self. And Bill recalls that at that moment, in that hospital room, he felt a white, blaze of light and was seized with an ecstasy beyond description and concluded that he was finally free from any need for alcohol. But that day there was no divine blaze in the lobby of the Mayflower Hotel in Akron, Ohio, only the dim lights of the bar and the lure of a drink. Pacing through the lobby, Bill passed the bar and found a church directory Within minutes, he was on the phone with a local minister. A series of calls put him in touch with an alcoholic surgeon named Dr. Bob Smith. Bill arranged to visit the doctor at home. Dr. Bob initially and grudgingly said he would talk to Bill for 15 minutes. But their meeting lasted long into the night and most of the next day. Bill told of his drinking history and Bob identified with it immediately. 
Bill thanked Bob for hearing him out for his fellowship. I don't know how that I'm not going to take another drink, Bill said, and I'm grateful to you. But that relationship did not end there. Bill stayed with Dr. Bob for the next three weeks, and through their friendship, Dr. Bob also got sober. That surgeon never took another drink after June 10, 1935, and that day is officially counted as the start of Alcoholics Anonymous. Bill and Bob began working with other alcoholics, helping them achieve sobriety one day at a time, and four years later, they published the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which explained their 12-step program of recovery from addictions. And the rest, as they say, is history. Is history. That's a great origin story. Yes? I love that story. So then, what's the key to this 12-step model for a sober life, for staying clean, for renewal? What saved NAP? What saves still today so many? Now, it's so simple as to be obvious, but here it is. AA works and the 12 steps work because they are founded upon the principle of one addict helping another. Do you hear that? One suffering soul listening to another. One very human being supported by another child of God. And in that relationship, they serve each other. And in that commitment and in that connection, people find the strength to live, to live well, and to live as God intends for all of us to live clear-eyed, and with grateful hearts for the gift of just one day at a time. Just one day. One day together, supporting each other and loving each other and living with each other and being accountable to each other and walking with each other and always staying connected in community. In community. That's a way of life for recovering addicts. And yes, it can be and maybe should be for Christians too, For us, we who trace our origin story as the church, as Jesus Christ's people, to one very simple model revealed in our scriptures from the book of Acts that tells the story of what church was like, really like, in the years right after Jesus' resurrection and ascension into heaven. So listen to that scripture again. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple and broke bread and ate with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Friends, church finally is not a building. It's a people, a community, you and me and all of us, promising to walk with each other and support each other and save each other and save this world all through our relationships with God and with neighbor and with self. Church is not about the pastor, a paid professional. Church is not about orthodoxy or institutions. Church is what happens when in the name of God and the ways of Jesus Christ, we find one another. Do you hear that? We find one another. Kind of like how Bill and Bob found each other in Akron, Ohio, And then over numerous cups of coffee and hours of conversation and with a power greater than themselves right there in that room, a miracle happened. Folks were saved by other folks just like them, peer to peer and person to person and stumbling soul to stumbling soul. That's what saved Caroline Knapp. And that's what still today saves so many. 
And friends, when it comes to our shared lives as Christians and humans, this is what saves us and saves the world. Connection, community, and commitment. God blessed connection, community, and commitment. So as we conclude our time thinking about recovery and renewal, as we look to the most fantastic recovery of all, Jesus' resurrection, as we remember the story of Caroline Knapp, may we recommit ourselves to simply loving one another and listening to each other, and in that relationship, find life and know that we are saved. Saved. Let all God's people of renewal and recovery declare. Amen.